grumble, mumble, toil, and tremble, stupid New Year's Eve party idiots. Oh, gee whiz, Prince Daniel, what's wrong? You got ants in the pants? I don't have anything in my pants. Is your pointy hat on too tight? Is your party blower not fully extending? Why are we celebrating 2016? We're not celebrating 2016, we're welcoming 2017. Ah, 2017 is just going to be 2016 with a better phone. Oh, gee, sure does sound nice. I only have burners. One undone, always on the run. 2016, the year I finally got my racism is over face tattoo. 2016, the one year I bet against the Cubs. 2016. Ah, come on, don't be sour. You can't start the new year like that. I'll start whatever. 10, 9, 9 8, 8, 7, 6, 6 5, 4, 3, 3 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, Two! I can't stop! Two! What's wrong? Two! Great! Of course this year won't end. Let's see what other bad things are happening. Ah, Mel Gibson's popular again. And now he's been made head of Trump's Council for Jewish Security. The last endangered cheetah's gone. What's this? Chester Cheetah's dead too? Now David Bowie's back as a flesh-eating zombie. Helen DeGeneres isn't gay anymore. Now someone killed zombie Bowie. It turns out Leonard Cohen was really Dustin Hoffman. So Leonard Cohen's alive, but Dustin Hoffman's dead! The military's rounding up all the immigrants and bears and all the icebergs are melted except for the one that sunk the Titanic! He's a war hero now! Perfect. The minions have hacked the CIA and now I wet my pants. Two! 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 I got an idea! Two! Two! Follow my lead! Two! Two! Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. There, it worked. Happy New Year. Kiss me! Hello! <laughs> I came, oh my god! I came in too early, and I was going to say Happy New Year, but I just oh, ended you, up panting. You had a seizure I, right in front of me. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. My, re- my resolution was to become a little less human. <laughs> you didn't have much to start with. I, yeah. Mm. Uh, so I have a monkey's heart. <laughs> I thought that if you had a monkey's heart, you would call it a gorilla, not a monkey, because you're no, one was, of them now. This was a monkey. Sorry. Gorilla see, gorilla cop. do. Yeah, I get it. Hello. Yeah, I'm probably listening to this myself on New Year's, and I'm hungover probably because mm-hmm. I don't know how to control myself. Hi. I'm sad that the Rose Parade float isn't going on right now because it's on a Sunday this year, oh, so they do it on right. January 2nd, never on Sunday. We learned that in one of our last episodes. I read that three times before I wrote it down on my own pad. That's right. <laughs> Come on. I don't, I don't fact check. I don't pads before i wrote it on my tampon <laughs> am i a doctor from the 80s when pads come on i wrote it on my i my ipad <laughs> when i, when I etched iPhone. that into the screen of my iphone <laughs> never on sunday <laughs> hi guys. oh hi hey. oh hi, hello you and also everyone else who's listening Thanks. who's not here right now which is mm-hmm. weird well all of our listeners are here our jackets and your backpack mm-hmm. i love talking my backpack <laughs> daniel keeps playing with the knobs I he's know. a perfectionist because he doesn't know when to stop no i don't and then it ended up sounding too good you want to give him a c plus <laughs> like Rogue One. Oh, God darn it. Everyone, isn't Rogue One good? Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's my argument. We're going to get a bunch of emails over years. Just one word answers, not really. <laughs> Those are no, two words. They would have to be two separate emails then. <laughs> so welcome to 2017, the year of rats.
Yeah, that was like 2013. Okay. This is the year of the king rat. The snake that tricked Eve. (laughs) (laughs) The year of the forbidden fruit. We're all going to be kicked out of Eden. We went too far. Why am I naked? What's naked? What's this incredibly attractive thing in between my legs? I keep staring at it. It doesn't taste very good. Hi, friend. We didn't want to take on too much this month, so we both took one case each. One case each, which turned out to be as big as like four cases. Which means that we had even more time to get yeah. into weird specifics and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's January. This isn't a Christmas gift. You can't return this one. You think that was a gift receipt? No. <laughs> it was a contract. <laughs> <laughs> you can't delete this off your computer. You're going to have to delete all your copies of the Oregon Trail because this isn't going anywhere. You all which got- you got for Christmas. Oregon Trail's cool again just like trolls i just got diphtheria <laughs> i'm getting oregon trail i got a trail out of my organs <laughs> get an organ trail yeah we're gonna be talking about two big cases of corruption corruption south of downtown la they're neighboring cities sister cities sister cities like how uh mm, who are the two most dastardly sisters you can think of the wilson sisters from Thelma. <laughs> <laughs> Selma. I'm doing the corruption case in Vernon, and you're doing the one in Bell. And I was in that swell. I got. You know what? I shouldn't have got you for Hanukkah was that rhyming dictionary. Should have just kept yeah, it. You shouldn't have got me eight of them. <laughs> it's like a an to encyclopedia. B. So many words rhyme. You can't stop rapping. I hip hop and I don't stop. That's good. Corruption. Yes. That's what we're going to be talking about. I think it's fitting going into the new year. Certainly. Corruption might be a big theme this yeah. next four years. <laughs> next four years, yeah. <laughs> I hope Inauguration Day goes very well for those of us who want to set stuff on fire. <laughs> Happy Inauguration Day. I hope you all liked the Washington Monument while it lasted. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're pushing it over. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything anymore. <laughs> I'm going to throw it like a javelin into Mexico. <laughs> Mexico, please accept us. Canada is far too cold. <laughs> I have to break a hole in the wall to get in <laughs> when I reverse migrate. <laughs> <laughs> it's still migrating. Not for me. <laughs> I'm somehow still on the right. The alt-right. No. Your hair's too long. They won't accept you. You gotta get a Macklemore. Is that just like a rebranding of calling people neo-Nazis? Yeah, it's like a TV-friendly like mm. version of it. Like, uh, are you neo-Nazi, but you're tired of people <laughs> shaming you? Uh, Call yourself alt-right. Dial uh, KKK. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird that the KKK wants to disassociate themselves from them. Like, we're not like, you know, that. We're white supremacists. We're not racists. <laughs> we don't go out openly yeah we have hoods on because we're cops and government officials <laughs> and uh let's just remind everybody that los angeles had a clan member as a mayor let's never do that again you know what i was reading never. was about how uh, john adams the mm-hmm. president oh yeah he was very anti-immigrant and then alexander hamilton everyone's so crazy about him now he was running for president on the platform of i'm going to kick every immigrant out of the country look so, at that not realizing come a long way not realizing that they were probably immigrants themselves or at least they're no. pappies he was a native american <laughs> It was a Sue. <laughs> Speaking of Sue, let's get into <laughs> our cases here. I'm going to start with do. the case. Shut up. I'm going to start with. The Can case. you get going, please? Let's start with the city of Bell. When does a city employee earn too much? I'll tell you when we reach it. I want to raise. You hear me, city of Los Angeles? You hear me, mayor who's never heard of me? <laughs> you will when I have your job. <laughs> This is my portfolio. <laughs> I'm submitting this as evidence for why I should be maker. Um, <laughs> Exhibit A, my whole life. <laughs> Exhibit B, my fist. <laughs> so let's begin this tale when all stories of local corruption begin. The year 500 BC. Oh, Jesus. 
before crime. <laughs> that was when the first Keech natives settled in the area that I'm talking about, which is a 2.6 square mile area, 10 miles southeast of downtown Los Angeles. They were doing just fine for hundreds of years until the Spanish came and decided they could do it better. So that was the end of that. <laughs> Between 1810 and 1813, this 30,000-acre area was settled by Don Antonio Maria Lugo of the famous Lugo family that our friend from the alcohol episode, William Wolfskill, married into. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Alcohol. I said it. Mm-hmm. I, I said it. Some of it. Oh, oh, oh I just gotta... <laughs> no one arrest me. Alcohol. The full moon to my wolfman status. <laughs> by 1838, this land was my land, and this land was officially granted to Lugo as Rancho San Antonio... <laughs> who had set up their home at what is now the southwest corner of Gage and Garfield. Okay. I like alliteration, and I know where that's at. I think we're talking about Cajun Garfield. He loved the lasagna. Crawdad lasagna. Yeah. And saying gators. Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> I hate Monday. <laughs> Every other damn day of the week. <laughs> I'm going to sip Odie right down the bottom. <laughs> Cajun Garfield. <laughs> anyway, so that's where the Lugos were living. 2017 off to a fantastic start. A very logical start. We're all going to live in New Orleans. New Orleans, where Trump can't get us. Because <laughs> it's underwater. <laughs> and he's afraid of that. They were living there, but the Lugos slowly lost their fortune. And by 1865, most of their land had been sold off for less than a dollar an acre. Could have been ours. Yep. If, if it, only we were born and had a dollar. <laughs> Between 1870 and 1890, the area was further subdivided. In 1876, a guy named James. George Bell bought 36 acres and built what he called the Bell House, which is just the House of Bells. Not it was very loud. <laughs> every hour on the hour, <laughs> he would hit his wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gong Bell has LA connections coming out the Bell House. Get this. A bell for every connection. <laughs> He's got uh, bells in the belfry. After his wife Dolly died, mm. goodbye Dolly, he remarried into another big LA family by putting a ring on the finger of Susan Alba or Abla. I wrote Abla, it might be Alba. Susan Hollenbeck. Oh. Of the Hollenbecks. His daughter went on to put a ring on the finger of Earl Gilmore, founder of the Gilmore Oil Company and Gilmore Field from our baseball episode. Oh, right, 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 okay. The Happy Gilmores. (laughs) Happy Gilmore Girls. So he also helped found Occidental College, and he and his son are responsible for developing the area right across the river from Bell, Bell Gardens. Oh, right, right. I'm assuming they had a hand in Bellflower also, and what may be a shock to you like it was to me, but probably shouldn't have been, Bell Air. Oh, why did they get rid of the other L? Rent is high. <laughs> it was mostly a farming community. Bell, not Bel Air. Oh, yeah. Probably Bel Air, but Bell. Farming mo- assholes. Am I right, buddy? Oh, no, I didn't like that very much. That was a curse word. I shouldn't have done that. So it was mostly a farming community through the end of the 1800s and early 1900s. But on September 7th, 1927, the city of Bell held a vote on whether or not to join the city of Los Angeles. And of the population, less than 7,500 people, 1,518 voted in favor of joining LA, winning by 33 votes. Low low voter turnout is going to be a theme in the city of Bell. A yeah. proud tradition. On their seal, it's <laughs> an empty polling place. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone staying home. <laughs> With his head in the sand. (laughs) They won by 33 votes, and on November 7th, 1927, they incorporated into the city of L.A. After World War II, the area lost touch with its farmers and became more suburbanized, and up until the story I'm about to tell, it was really only famous for having 55 Oscar statuettes stolen from a shipping company there in the year 2000. That was their claim to fame. I kind of remember that happening. Well, don't worry, because 52 of them were recovered after it was announced that the awards in the 52 categories for holding trash was given to local dumpster. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, look who Dumpster won. <laughs> 52 times. It was its day's Lord of the Rings. He got as many Oscars as there are cards in a deck. <laughs> he got as many Oscars as people vote in Bell. <laughs> 52 um, Oscar pickup. <laughs> You want them, you gotta pick them up. You gotta grab them. <laughs> After World War II, the city of Bell began a slow and steady decline as the Cold War set in and the local factories that powered World War II began to close. The Industrial Post, which was the local paper since 1924, stopped printing in the early 90s. The California Bell Club, which was California's largest poker parlor that took in $2 million a year for the city of Bell, they shut down in 1993. The city was on the verge of bankruptcy and was in a serious state of decay in the early 90s. Enter one... Robert Rizzo. I love that name. I love alliteration. I've stated that already. Double Z. I like it. I like it. I like it. He was a graduate from UC Berkeley and Cal State East Bay, which had to have been made up with a master's in public administration. He went on to become the city manager of Hesperia, but in 1993, he left his job amid accusations of embezzling city funds Not Rizzo. and came down to Bell to become the new interim chief administrative officer. They'll never have heard of that like 20-something miles away, right? They can't transmit over those mountains. <laughs> the officials of Bell were willing to look past this corruption because they were desperate and their city was about to collapse. So what they weren't willing to look past was his stomach because it was so huge and they gave him nicknames behind his back like Fatso uh-huh. and the Penguin. Standards? That's Penguins. It's pretty funny and it's, accurate. Yeah. He did not like, it did not make him feel good. No, that's not supposed to. <laughs> that's a term of endearment. I've been calling you Fatso Penguin all the time. <laughs> Don't feel too bad for him just yet though. Decide if it's mean at the end. You should have started with the bad stuff <laughs> instead of making fun of no, his No, this weight. guy came in and he was so big. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And they it. sent him to jail. I mean, that was the problem, the corruption of Bell. And I'm the bad guy for making fun of his weight. <laughs> But Rizzo stormed into the city and he went straight to work cutting every corner he could find. Everything from layoffs, making the Bell government run on just 80 employees, to cheaper streetlights and keeping city equipment in use until it cannot be used anymore. He trimmed all the fat in the city except for his own, as we can assume his co-workers would say, and he saved the city. So he added a mini golf course, a rec- <laughs> recreation fields, and built up a general fund of $15 million. But there's always something strange about Rizzo. What was it, perhaps? Two Zs in a name? Can't be trusted. If he live in the sewer and fight Batman? Hmm. What do you know? Oswald Cobblepot. Go on. So for one thing, he never hung up any decorations in his office because as he said, when you put things up, you're telling people you're comfortable. I want people to know I can leave at a moment's notice. Wow. <laughs> Val got a stepdad. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> a corrupt stepdad from Hesperia like they all come from. I'm not ready for a commitment. <laughs> you're not my real city. <laughs> I don't have to support you. I'm just here till Hesperia takes me back. <laughs> can I have your lunch money? <laughs> and also your lunch. Which is money. I I gave you that money to eat for lunch. (laughs) It wasn't exactly that warm welcome Bell so renowned for. So the city was brought back from the brink, but it wasn't exactly Rizzo's paradise. The population at the time was around 35 to 40,000, about 90% Latino with large Lebanese community. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, the Lebanese community will come back into it later. You'll see. Um, You'll see. You'll see. They'll they'll bounce back. (laughs) 53% of the community was foreign born, but the average income was $28,000. That was about half the average in the entire country. That's not well. Mm-mm. No, that's bad, huh? I'm, well, I mean, it's about what we make, but we uh, don't, don't make do a well. lot of money. We're not also not doing too <laughs> we, well, yeah. We do live in Bell. 
Did you forget? I sort of was trying to distract myself from that. Yeah. Has anyone not put together that we're from Lebanon? <laughs> Our accents must have thrown people off. They're just so similar. Right. The Lebanese accent is so similar to the <laughs> sunshine beachy accent that we're known for. To these valley girl accents that we've adopted. <laughs> like Salam. 17% of the community was living below the poverty line and 16% were unemployed. But why were things going so poorly for the citizens of a city being run by such a penguin prodigy? Around 2010, Maywood, the city just yes. north of Bell, was having their own financial troubles and couldn't manage to get proper insurance, so they had to fire most of their government employees and mm-hmm. disbanded their police department. So seeing an opportunity, Bell then took over operation of Maywood. Really? They could do that? It was like a, a power grab, and they merged their police forces into what would have become known as the Rancho San Antonio Police Authority, and this was just phase one of Rizzo's plan to launch an entirely separate Southeast LA police force. Like, there would be like Sheriff, LAPD, and then Rizzo's Group. That sounds really scary. It's never a good thing when a local city governor gets Racism. his own police force. They're <laughs> just here for my protection. <laughs> and I need protection from the Lebanese <laughs> and the Latinos. And the LAPD. <laughs> I'm going to war with Sheriff. <laughs> Call me Sheriff Mayor. <laughs> police Chief Sheriff. Sheriff Penguin, go ahead. The local police, though, were against this, and they tipped off the LA Times of what was going on. So a couple reporters from the LA Times named Jeff Gottlieb and Ruben Vivas started working on a story about the merger of Bell and Maywood, but as they started digging, they noticed something strange. Odd. They were also getting help from a Bell-based blogger from the website WatchOurCity.com who went by the codename Pedro Paramo and would later speak in public wearing a luchador mask out of fear of retribution for what he had done. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Paramo had been calling foul on the things going on in Bell for years, but nobody listened because why would you listen to the luchador masked guy from WatchOurCity.com? Because they fought monsters in the 60s. That's why. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> of course he would fight the penguin. He killed El Guadalupe. <laughs> <laughs> El Pinguino. I caramba. So with these tips and their own research, the LA Times guys decided to refocus their story on one particular aspect of Bell that they noticed. The salaries of the officials. Oh, odd. Hmm. Normally in a city the size of Bell, the local council members would make about $400 a month or like $4,800 a year because it's really just a slightly compensated volunteer position in a place like that. But how peculiar. In Bell, the council members were making almost $100,000 a year. Odd. Then they saw the salary of Rizzo's assistant city manager, Angela Spachia. Or Spachia. I would overpronounce it. Spachia. That's it, yeah. She was making $376,288 a year. How queer. (laughs) Then they just say odd. Then they. <laughs> then they turned their attention to the police chief, Randy Adams. Adams had worked in the police departments in Simi Valley and Ventura, but immediately before getting hired by Bell in July of 2009, he had retired as police chief of Glendale. Now, LAPD police chief at the time, Charlie Beck, oversaw a department of 12,899 people, and he was earning $307,000 a year. That's Charlie Beck. Bell police chief Adams oversaw a department of 46 people, and he was making $457,000. <laughs> Oh my God. Then they look towards the manager of this city with such strange salaries, Robert Rizzo. Surely not him. At this time, California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger was making $173,987 a year, a salary which he didn't accept because he was living off predator residuals. LA Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa was making $232,425 a year. The city manager a little to the west in overpaid Manhattan Beach was making $257,484 a year. The chief executive 
of L.A. County was making $338,458 a year. President Barack Obama of the United States of America was making $400,000 a year for running the United States of America, for running the city of Bell, population just under 40,000. Robert Rizzo was making $787,637 a year. Wow, like nobody would notice. (laughs) It's believed that they were the highest paid officials in the entire country. How deliciously, delightfully, queerly, odd, strange, and weird. (laughs) So the LA Times broke this story on July 15th, 2010 in an article called, Is a City Manager Worth $800,000? Just in the title, you're in trouble. (laughs) It took a lot of digging and a lot of resistance from the city of Bell to release their records, but slowly the story of how these salaries got to be so high started to come to light. These people didn't start out making these high of salaries. That'd be too easy. That'd be Mm -hmm. way too obvious. When Rizzo first started in the 90s, he was only making $72,000 a year, but he started writing his own employment contracts without the approval of the council, and in these contracts, he would give himself a higher salary and set up that he would receive a 12% raise every July. So in 2002, his salary was $250,000. By 2004, he was making $300,000 a year. The next year, he was making $442,000 a year. By the time the story broke, his last raise had been $84,389.76. But his assistant, Spachia, also had similar clauses in her contract. When she was hired July 1st, 2003, she was making a still way too high $102,310. One year later, she was making $130,000. And when the story broke, she was making over $376,000, like I said. Spachia worked with Rizzo in obscuring the wording in these contracts by not specifying exactly how long a pay period was in them so that anyone who might have seen them wouldn't be able to add up their salary. But it wasn't just the salary that was the problem. It was the benefits that went with it. Rizzo had access to taking loans out of the city's fund whenever he wanted to. So throughout his time there, he loaned out nearly $2 million to himself to pay off money he owed, to himself for doing what he saw to be a good job, and to about a dozen others, including Spachia, who got about $350,000 of these to bribe and entrap them to go along with all of this. Rizzo even had a law firm called Brown, White, and Newhouse working for Bell from 2005 to 2010, who made a lot of money during that time. But when Rizzo hired them in March 2010 to defend him when he was charged with driving under the influence. This was a clear conflict of interest and who knows what other inside deals he might have been doing between the city and that law firm. Weird side note, apparently for a little bit, Rizzo was working as a parking lot guard at the International Surfing Museum in Huntington Beach as part of his community service. (laughs) Could you imagine? Cowabunga. (laughs) (laughs) Then there was the paid time off. Between the time she was hired and the time the story broke, which was 2003 to 2010, Spitz Chia had taken a total of a year and a half off and still got full pay the entire time. And this wasn't even vacation or sick time. This was just full paid time off. And she never, even to the end, saw this as being a problem. Wow, okay. (laughs) And on top of that, she was still accruing 26 weeks a year of vacation and sick time. Rizzo, meanwhile, in 2010, got 107 vacation days and 36 sick days that were worth about $386,786. And then there were the retirement benefits. The most egregious case here was with the police chief Adams who immediately upon being hired was declared disabled due to back, knee, and neck injuries taken in the line of duty. Good hire. (laughs) Well, normally that's that's the sort of thing you would declare that when you retire because if you're declared disabled, when you're retired, you don't have to pay taxes on 50% of your pension. So to immediately come in and be like, I'm disabled, he must have had this plan 
default, like, yeah. I'm going to do this, get this, and then when I retire, I don't have to pay taxes yeah. on it. But if he was disabled in that way, normally he would not have been considered fit for that particularly active job. Yeah. And even though he claimed disability, he was still seen taking spinning classes and running 5Ks. <laughs> But because of his claim, he was on track to receive $411,000 a year as his pension and lifetime medical care to himself and his dependents. Wow. Rizzo, meanwhile, was getting $48,996 into a deferred comp retirement account every year and then $20,496 into a normal retirement account on top of that. And his pension was set to be between $650,000 to $880,000 a year when he retired. He also had a health care plan that covered 100% of his fees and would reimburse all of his co-pays. So taking into account all these perks and benefits, Rizzo is actually receiving around $1.5 million a year from the city of Bell. That is insane. (laughs) That is an insane number. (laughs) So certainly you must be thinking this is highly illegal yeah. like obviously illegal we'll get a degree in government first and then come making your accusations oh, to me because a lot of this was actually sort of legal it started in 2005 when Rizzo proposed to turn Bell into a charter city at the time they were a general law city which meant that they had to follow state laws that restricted city council pay but in a charter city he could raise their pay so high that they wouldn't turn on him like he could keep paying oh, the city see. council members so yeah. that they wouldn't rat him out Rizzo the rat him out <laughs> but they marketed it as giving the Bell government more local control, they left out the part where it exempt Bell employees from salary regulations. So LA itself is also a charter city. So their city council at the time was the highest paid in the United States. So no one's innocent, really. They were making more than the US Congress was. (laughs) So that part of it's not entirely unheard of. And the saddest part here is that this was put to a public vote, but less than 400 citizens of Bell came out to vote. Mm -hmm. 54 voted against it, but 336 did. And that's less than 1% of the population. And that's still allowed it to pass <laughs> so <sighs> so it passed and the cap was blown off the salaries that yeah. they could be earning but where'd they get all the money to pay for these bloated salaries in such a poor community why from the poor community itself that's no, where they got it from drain it from sense. them they cut several services around the city Ugh. and they laid off tons of workers well. employees from the parks and recreation department people who ran programs for children oh. they all got laid off these people who were making minimum wage got laid off yeah. taxes were always a good source of revenue public service taxes on things like sewage and trash and recycling and lighting got nearly doubled to generate the money for all their salaries and most of this without voter approval between 2007 which is when these rates went up in 2009 an extra 4.7 million in revenue came in from these higher oh. taxes and they were not going to the services they were being levied for which is in fact illegal. The average property tax in LA County was 1.16%. In Bell, it was 1.55, which put it among the highest in the country. Mm -hmm. The director of general services in Bell, Eric Agueda, who was earning 421,402 during all this, but he never faced any charges. He would use his office to collect code violations and fines on small business owners, Mm -hmm. rarely getting the judge's approval that was needed to do this. He charged over 15 local businesses to pay huge fees for conditional permits and would make some of them guarantee that they would take in a certain amount of sales tax. Uh-huh. And if they didn't take in as much as they predicted they would, they would have to pay the difference to the city of Bell. And if you couldn't pay, you got to come talk to Rizzo. You got to wow. renegotiate with him. One tire shop had to pay an extra $13,000 a year because they weren't taking in enough business, which makes complete sense. Yeah. An auto dealer had to guarantee the city $80,000 a year in sales tax. That's extortion. It was mafia law and people yeah. lost their businesses because of this. A good way to get a quick fix of cash was to go through bonds. Like in 2003, when voters approved Measure A to get up to $70 million in bonds to build a sports and arts recreation complex. Yeah. As the years went on, the city had issued $50 million in bonds, but there were never 
were any plans drawn up for any sort of uh, complex. Another classic way of bringing in dirty money is to get the cops involved. Mm-hmm. Beat they people s- up and, and take still, their wallets. Yeah, take their wallets. Give us your lunch money. It's the law. <laughs> they set up crazy parking restrictions in residential areas so that basically anywhere you parked on the street, you would get a ticket. Oh. <laughs> Rizzo encouraged the cops to bring in more revenue by going out and writing these tickets and arresting whoever they could. Uh-huh. Like he encouraged them to do that. If the cops didn't feel right about doing this, he gave them the wonderfully vague threat of, hey, if we don't do this, we might not have a police department then. Wow. So the Bell Police Department responded by making a game out of it. They called it the Bell Police Department baseball game. Assault and batter up. You don't want to find out what a bunt is. <laughs> Could I have a Dodger dog? You don't want that. <laughs> Everything's foul. Dodge our dog. Dodge our dog. <laughs> Traffic violations and infractions were hits. A parking ticket or recovering stolen goods was a single. Okay. Doubles included misdemeanor or warrant arrest. Triples included impounding a car. And a home run was a felony arrest on an observation. Non-performers were sent for a minor league rehab stint. <laughs> Back to the bullpen. <laughs> the cops later claimed that this was just an office joke. But still, between 2008 and 2009 alone, they took in almost a million dollars just in impound fees. Chief Adams reportedly went out once and impounded 15 cars in one day to show them how it was done. Wow. They would charge even more on impounds for drivers who are unlicensed, they were charging three times what it cost in the rest of LA. So there's a lot of money to be made there. So they'd purposely try to target drivers who seemed unlicensed, which meant people who looked especially Latino, which makes this a massive civil rights violation. I call that racial profiling, as does everybody else. (laughs) And the unlicensed people paid it because they weren't licensed because they were in the country illegally and they didn't want to cause any more trouble and risk getting deported. So like they, no one... They were everyone was sort of deadlocked. Yeah. Now to launder all these inflated salaries, which again were mostly legal, they had to fudge the books a little bit. Mm, delicious, I bet. <laughs> Rizzo liked that. <laughs> to keep Adam's salary hidden, they split his employment into two contracts, one for police chief and one for special police counsel. So each one looked normal, yeah. but combined it was huge. Okay. So in the case of Rizzo and the council members, they had their regular salaries, but then they were on various different councils that had names like public financing, surplus property, solid waste and recycling. <laughs> However, these sham boards, as they were yeah. called, would hold what they called phantom meetings, where they would just meet during their regularly scheduled council meetings or when they did hold separate meetings for these groups they would sometimes literally meet for one minute and then adjourn and then each member would be paid thousands of dollars for that. <laughs> so Rizzo had five separate contracts this way that yeah. would obscure prying eyes from figuring out exactly how much money yeah. he was making. To help them figure out how to get around all these inconvenient obstacles of law and morality yeah. Rizzo and Spachia worked with a Wells Fargo consultant in Tennessee mm. named Alan Pennington to figure it all out. Another incriminating thing I forgot to mention was an email exchange between Spachia and Adams mm-hmm. when Spachia was... Spachia sounds so weird. It can't be Spachia. S-P-E-C-I-A. S-P-A-C-C-I-A. I have no idea. You're under arrest. <laughs> you had to trick me into saying CIA and that's all I needed to arrest you. But I work for Russia now. Comrade. Comrade. <laughs> See you in Gulag. <laughs> when Spachia was still courting Adams to come work in Bell, in an email, Adams said, I am looking forward to seeing you and taking all of Bell's money. To which Spachia responded, we will all get fat together. Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. So long as we're not hogs, all is well. That's cartoonishly evil. Evil. That's fat cat talk. (laughs) Hey, they are working for the penguin. (laughs) Hopefully they were just 
quoting Dick Tracy. To be <laughs> Dick Tracy villains is yeah. just flat top talking. <laughs> but seriously, we're gonna do a good job, totally on the uh, level. Yeah, on the level. Yeah, no, no everything's gonna be on the book. <laughs> See you in hell. Yeah. Now, how to keep these charming people in office? The local 2009 election is probably the best example of how this was done. This election later got investigated by the FBI and the California Secretary of State Office once the corruptions went public, mm-hmm. and they noticed that it was an extremely low voting turnout, even by Bell standards, and that most of the voting was done absentee. But what was found to have happened was that up to three off-duty cops were going around with the mayor and one of the council members up for re-election and they were going door to door to distribute absentee voting ballots and encourage the voters to vote for the people who were already in power. (laughs) Then they would come back a few weeks later to pick up the ballots, which is very illegal, and they would allegedly only collect the ones who had voted for who they wanted to be in office, which is even more illegal. That is one of the worst things I've heard. (laughs) One voter, well, there's more. One voter said that they had come to her door, made her fill out some stuff, even though she didn't do absentee voting. And then when she went to go vote in person on election day, they said, no, you already voted. Another guy said that they gave him an absentee ballot and then they'd come back to pick it up, but he voted for a different person than the one they told him to and he had mailed it in. And when they came back a few weeks later to pick it up, they were furious to oh, see what he had done. God. To see that he had followed the law. Yeah, one, God forbid the other side get one vote. <laughs> Even stranger was that they found out that 19 of the people Knuckles. Sorry. I'm mad. Sorry. (laughs) They found out that 19 of the people who had cast votes were either dead or living in Lebanon. And that's not a euphemism. (laughs) That's not a euphemism for also being dead. (laughs) Apparently, this sort of thing happened in earlier elections as well. And just as a final piece of evidence against Rizzo, there's the matter of how he spent his dirty money. He decided to build himself a luxury home in Huntington Beach. And in 2004, he bought a 10-acre horse ranch in Washington where he kept about 30 purebred racing horses with names like Dépenser de l'Argent, which in French means spending money. <laughs> They're going to take that horse in for evidence. Who hired you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking, huh? Hmm. Bring in our interrogator. <laughs> Mr. Ed? <laughs> he speaks my language. <laughs> he had gotten into this game by Bell's contract planning director who owned a horse racing business and since the year 1995, the city of Bell had paid over $10.4 million to businesses owned by a Mr. Dennis Tarango. The invoices never specified exactly what that money was for, but it should be noted that Tarango was the business partner of Rizzo and his horse enterprise. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Rizzo even claimed over $770,000 in phony losses to the IRS over his horse business and his luxury home, which will come back to bite him very soon. Bite him like a horse. Bite him like a horse bites a carrot. <laughs> mm. Dangle the carrot in front of the horse. Mm. Carry the four. Oh, running. Mm. Equals running. Mm. 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 <laughs> We're the worst. <laughs> L.A. District Attorney Steve Cooley, who headed the eventual court case, called this whole ordeal corruption on steroids. So that was the powder... They were also doing steroids, which is not (laughs) a lie if you're working for the city government. So that was the powder... Oh, they also were in the MLB. (laughs) Rizzo went on to become the home run king. Rizzo's Mark McGuire, which is also an alliterative name, by the way. I don't know that. Mark Fatso McGuire. <laughs> so that was the powder keg that the LA Times article on July 15, 2010 ignited. Yeah. But when it all came out, there was immediate uproar from the community and there were protests, a lot of yelling. But Mayor Oscar Hernandez denounced the LA Times story and defended Rizzo's salary, saying that he saved the city from bankruptcy and he deserved every penny. <laughs> also, also saying, oh, he got paid in pennies. Oh, by the way, thank you for the pennies that you guys have made for all your uh, non-parking tickets. <laughs> because we pay you in pennies. <laughs> it's um, a vicious cycle of pennies. It's a copper cycle it's, it's vicious like a horse petting a carrot. <laughs> it's vicious like the weight of pennies in your pocket having to carry to the city hall. <laughs> it's vicious just like mm, Rizzo going for some of that fudge I was talking about. <laughs> 
also saying that <laughs> go on about fudging the numbers <laughs> slowly slowly and with vanilla he also was saying that these employees didn't get any car or cell phone allowances which was totally uncool and that they had to pay out of pocket for those things and even if that did justify it which my cell phone bill is seven hundred thousand dollars a year <laughs> they still neglected to mention that they were getting reimbursed for those yeah. out-of-pocket charges Look by the city of bell rizzo said about his salary that if that's a number people choke on maybe i'm in the wrong business yeah yeah the first true thing he ever <laughs> said spachia said that i would have to argue you get what you pay for and mayor hernandez says our city is one of the best in the area uh, as they fire minimum wage workers <laughs> yeah right as is that right <laughs> as most of the businesses sell tires <laughs> in the neighborhood this we was, have one teacher for two schools <laughs> and he also and works at the tire shop <laughs> this was not a sentiment that the angry citizens of bell agreed with as one protester put it if you're making that much money it should be a better city there you go <laughs> as point the, made at the next city council meeting 103 locals signed up to speak each of them getting three minutes to yell and scream at the council they were told repeatedly i guess you could say about every three minutes that they have to resign and leave the city or else go to prison in both english and spanish i bet i hope lebanese was also language <laughs> as a result the city council members voted to immediately cut their salaries down by 90 percent to what it should have been all along as it was a part-time job to yeah. eight thousand seventy six dollars a year imagine going from seven hundred thousand to eight thousand no they were only making they, they were only making 100000 Oh, okay, yeah. But the public made itself heard, finally, and within a week, Rizzo, Spachia, and Adams all agreed to resign, while Mayor Hernandez and Vice Mayor slash Council Member Teresa Jacobo decided to serve the rest of their terms for free and would not seek re-election. Okay. But this wasn't enough for the citizens or for the law enforcement who were now getting involved. Yeah. Within the next couple weeks, then-California Attorney General Jerry Brown subpoenaed 60,000 pages of records from the Bell Archives to see if criminal charges could be filed. Rizzo and Adams left office in August and Spachia in September, but the guy they appointed as interim administrative officer, Pedro Carrillo, had worked with the corrupt city council and it turned out that his firm had been getting paid over $100,000 a year by Bell for the past two years, so he was pressured to resign. Yeah. It still wasn't exactly clear if anything illegal had actually gone on yet at this point, yeah. but on September 21st, 2010, the attorneys decided it was illegal enough and at around 10 a.m., police were sent out to arrest Rizzo, Spachia, Mayor Hernandez, who had to have his front door smashed in with a battering ram because cool. he wouldn't answer. Vice Mayor Jacobo and then council members George Mirabel, who also ran a mortuary, Victor Bello, George Cole, and Luis Artiga, Oof. and they were all charged with misappropriation of public funds. They were referred to as the Bell Eight. Cool. Bell Eight Nine. <laughs> Fudge. Delicious. <laughs> what? What? The first of three audits of the city came a day later and found $29.3 million Oof. in questionable costs, and the public couldn't be happier. <laughs> People gathered outside Bell City Hall to applaud and laugh at the politicians. Good one job. guy played, another one bites the dust with some speakers. But just I hope this was on a weekend when nobody had to go to work. Because if you guys no missed one work, worked in <laughs> Bell, that was the problem that they had free time to do this. They put all their money together and bought a boombox so they could play Queen songs. But just this was not moving swiftly. The judge put in charge of this case was Kathleen Kennedy, not that one, oh. of the LA County Superior Court. My face. <laughs> I ordered you to justice in front of the Council of Jedi. <laughs> she keeps bringing that up, and I don't really know what it means. <laughs> you shall outrun the Indiana Jones boulder. <laughs> it wasn't until February 7th, 2011 that the judge offered plea deals to the eight, but only six of them agreed to it, so that didn't work. They all had to agree. Yeah. But the people of Bell wanted to move on, and they needed a government to do that. So in order organization called the Bell Association to Stop the Abuse, or 
Basta, who were focused on getting full disclosure of administrative salaries and forming a committee of citizens to review and set salaries for the Bell government, they started collecting signatures to hold a recall election. To force this, they needed signatures from 25% of registered voters, which meant 4,000 people. Uh They got it pretty quickly and even they held a special ceremony for getting the 4,000th one um, fudge for everybody <laughs> so on March 8th 2011 33% of the citizens of Bell voted some for the first time ever mm-hmm. which still 33 come on <laughs> be, be angry <laughs> they voted to recall Mayor Hernandez Vice Mayor Jacobo and Council Members Mirabel and Artiga even though Artiga had already resigned also recalled was Lorenzo Velez who was the one member of the council who actually was not involved in any of this and was received a normal salary and got lumped in with the rest of them. Jeez. He got recalled. He, oh. Imagine his, I was making $7,000. Yeah. All of you were making $100,000. I, I, he was getting postcards from everyone else's vacations. <laughs> He's like, you know what, when my day's gonna come and it didn't. They're pretty thrifty. <laughs> Someday I'll be mayor. 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 I like the sound of that. <laughs> That'll be the day. A Lebanese mayor. <laughs> so the problem they ran into, this is such a weird story. The problem they ran into when they elected new people though, was that the votes for new city council members had to be reviewed by the other members of the council but the rest of the council was in jail so there was nobody to review the votes so they just protocol so they had to sign what was known as assembly bill 93 which allowed the la county board of supervisors to review the votes and on april 7 2011 the new city council was sworn in as for the old council members they pleaded not guilty along with the mayor great the five council members and the mayor were the six of them were all tried together mayor her Hernandez kept insisting that he was innocent. His is another weird part of this story because he had come to the Central Valley of California from Mexico as a teenager and then went on to work in Vernon Mm -hmm. for a while before he moved to Bell and bought a grocery store. He joined the city council in 2003 and worked his way up to mayor, but in court he kept saying that he only had a sixth grade education and insisting that he couldn't read or write English. Okay. He said that he would use a rubber stamp to sign things and that Rizzo took advantage of that to just get him to sign whatever he wanted to without him understanding what he was signing. Okay. To this, the judge said, if you didn't have the ability and the skills to do the job, then you shouldn't have run for the job. <laughs> the trial for these six finally began on January 24th, 2013, which is already three years after the article yeah. broke. And deliberation started on February 22nd. And even this couldn't go without any sort of controversy. One juror was noticed to be looking up information on coercion online and had been talking with a lawyer about it and then started accusing the other jurors of coercion. This led to insults and harassment among the jurors, and one of them had to be replaced amid suspicions of bribery going on. Wow. So as a result of all this, some of the charges against the six had to be thrown out. But on March 20th, 2013, the sentences started coming in. It was a run-on sentence because there were so many of them. (laughs) George Mirabel was found guilty on five counts and was sentenced to one year in jail, five years of probation, a thousand hours of community service, and had to pay $242,293 in restitutions. Victor Bello was found guilty of four counts. He got the same thing as Mirabelle, but only had to do 500 hours of community service and pay $177,600 in restitution. His was a little lower because he had actually approached the DA's office about what was going on months before the story broke on May 9th, 2009, but they didn't even get back to him until 10 and a half months later. Mm. And he had also reportedly made complaints about it as far back as 2006. Vice Mayor Teresa Jacobo was found guilty on five counts. She got two years in prison and had to pay over $200,000 
242000 in restitutions. George Cole was only found guilty on two counts. He was in poor health, so he only got 180 days of home confinement, followed by five years of probation, 1,000 hours of community service, and 77000 in restitutions. Mayor Hernandez was found guilty on five counts, had to serve one year in county jail, five years probation, 1,000 hours of service, and 241000 in restitutions. He, along with Jacobo and Mirabel, were also ordered to stay 100 yards away from City Hall forever. <laughs> <laughs> and to also play nice. <laughs> Luis Artigo was cleared of all charges. Okay. He was a minister who had gotten put on the city council to fill a spot somebody had vacated midterm, so he wasn't really involved in anything that was going on. Right. He just thought, well, this is a nice paycheck. Uh, who would have thunk it? <laughs> I don't see what's so hard about living in Bell. <laughs> Hernandez, Jacobo, and Cole then sued the city of Bell to cover their legal expenses. Where's the money going to come from? And also, you were the ones on trial. The city isn't paying for your corruption yeah. trial. Now on to Rizzo and Spachia. They were charged with misappropriating public funds, conflict of interest, and falsifying and secreting public documents. On October 23rd, 2013, Spachia's trial begins for her 13 felony corruption charges. During the trial, she tried to paint herself as a victim of Rizzo. The judge wasn't buying it. She also tried to get a sympathy vote by crying a lot and saying how she had to support her elderly grandparents and her son who had been in a near-fatal car accident and her own personal health issues to deal with. To this, the judge visibly rolled her eyes. Ah. <laughs> in December 20th... 20- Did have to put that in the... Um, the yeah. Like a stenographer had to put that down? <laughs> Take note. Take note, rolling my eyes. Sigh. <laughs> in December 2013, Spachia was convicted on 11 felony counts. Right. On April 10th, 2014, she was sentenced to 11 years and 8 months in prison and had to pay over $8 million in restitutions. The judge added in reference to her email from years earlier with the police chief that she had become a hog not a pig and so <laughs> and so now the day of reckoning is finally here her weapon is not the weapon i usually see in cases that come before me it's not a gun it's not a knife it's the trust that people had in her Oof. that hurts yeah i felt that she's gonna be thinking about that in her cold nah. <laughs> i'm pretty sure she's not <laughs> chief adams himself seems to have gotten off scot-free in all this but he was used as a witness and then on july 20th 2012 he asked the state pension panel to double his pension to reflect the bloated pay he was receiving he was rejected i hope but so. just the nerve like so yeah, yeah. <laughs> still so let's talk money so i know everyone else got caught but i'm still here <laughs> and i want to be compensated for that i think i got one more check coming my way <laughs> i'm here to get my last paycheck <laughs> Don't mind me. It's a little weird, but I, you remember me. Your digits are all wrong. I need, there's six numbers. I'm, I'm missing for. eight zeros. <laughs> so now on to justice for Ratso. In preliminary hearings, he did not divulge exactly how he did what he did. He repeatedly pleaded the fifth, but he did, uh, fifth serving, but he did let slip that the dirty deed started in his 13th year on the job. His plan seemed to have been to swindle the city for all he could get and then retire before anybody noticed. Okay. He tried to pin the blame on Spachia and then the donkey and then offered to help convict Spachia to get wow. some leniency for himself. Wow, wow, he wow. also fell asleep in court one day and another day had to be rushed to the hospital for chest pains and then he wanted to be reimbursed for all his legal fees. <laughs> what is wrong with him? What is what is money to this they guy? Just, they didn't get it. Like they really didn't get it. On October third, twenty thirteen, when the real trial started, Rizzo saw what he was up against and decided to just give up. And he pleaded no contest to the sixty nine criminal charges against him. Residents of Bell wanted him to get life in prison, but in mid April, twenty fourteen, he got slapped with the maximum sentence against him of twelve years in state prison, three years of parole, eight point eight million in restitution, and he was banned from ever holding public office again. Decent. <laughs> he got the maximum 
maximum sentence because as the judge said the craftiness with which the defendant committed the crime is amazing yeah she compared him to the godfather all the things that happened were found to revolve around yeah, Rizzo sure. he was described as the black widow that created the web <laughs> for his part Rizzo in court said I breached the public's confidence I am very sorry for that no, you weren't. Uh, you're and, not coming off as sincere. In February 2014, Rizzo also pleaded guilty to charges of tax fraud brought upon him by the federal government for those $700,000 worthy of phony deductions I mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. So for that, he owed $256,000 to the IRS and was sentenced to 33 months in a federal prison, which he was allowed to serve concurrently. Starting May 30th, 2014, it was off to Prizo for Rizzo. <laughs> At this point, he could... A joke he does not like. <laughs> Yeah, we can't make fun of his weight we can't make fun of his punishment at this point he could be out in another four years with good behavior and with that the trial was over it took four years but Bell still had to cope with what had happened even though they had a new government the people of Bell didn't much trust the replacements yeah. either and it didn't help that they had to make even more budget cuts and layoffs to stabilize themselves after the scandal like when we it, were low before yeah well we gotta go a little lower yeah. one of the audits had shown that about 4,000 residents had been overcharged 2.9 million dollars in property taxes so in september 2010 assembly bill 900 was signed to kill all the jedi and return that which is something kathleen kennedy ordered <laughs> and then return that money to the people giving an average of 300 dollars per person it's nice check not, not, nice not enough. enough yeah but <laughs> the city also sued companies and people who had gotten money illegally from rizzo mccullough construction company the company that had also built rizzo's home got sued for 3.2 million dollars they sued the national steelworkers old timers foundation because councilman Cole had been running it and they got gotten paid $87,120 that it shouldn't have gotten in another major conflict of interest. Councilman Artiga, the one who didn't get charged, he got sued to give back $183,575 that he should not have gotten. Okay. Local businesses rejected the Bell Chamber of Commerce and formed their own citizen-run Bell Business Association. The new city manager, Doug Wilmore, managed to get them back on track and they now have some $22 million in their reserve. The writers of the original LA Times article became local heroes. Heroes. And cool. in April 2011, the LA Times won the Pulitzer Prize for public service for this story. Yes. The whole thing became a national symbol for political greed. Yeah. It made unions and Democrats look bad and raised a lot of anti-government sentiments in California, but it also sparked a lot of reforms. Citizens and cities all over California started putting in requests to see the salaries of their local officials. Which is good, yeah. It was a template of how to fix things when it's found out that your local government has taken advantage of you. Prop 13 was made to take away the power of local officials from setting tax rates. There were two governors in charge during the duration of this case. Schwarzenegger called for the salary of top government officials to be posted online for everybody to see. Uh -huh. Brown signed Assembly Bill 23, which made it so that city officials have to announce how much each member is making when holding simultaneous or back-to-back -back meetings. So okay. like, $50. That sucks. And let's talk about the pools. And <laughs> <laughs> the saddest part is that Bell was so unassuming, like they were so innocent, and that made it so perfect for them yeah. to be taken advantage of. There was no local newspaper that could keep an eye on things. As the judge said partial blame went to the local citizens for not voting on anything yeah. and not attending any public meetings ever. Yeah. Once there was all the outcry, she said this wouldn't have happened if people were as interested then as they are now. But the True. crooks here knew nobody was paying attention and that a majority of the citizens didn't speak English enough or at all to be prepared to keep an eye on what was going on and they took advantage of that. Uh, most of the residents either worked for the city or they got public aid or they were not legal citizens so that paralyzed them from trying to rock the boat. Yeah. And nobody within the government really wanted to stop it because they were all making money. The only reason most of them were
we're sorry for this is because they got caught. Definitely. What's worse is that this sort of thing has happened before and the rules were changed to fix it and then something like Bell happens where they found a way to step around those rules yeah. so they change the rules and then someone's just going to find a way again, yeah. step around it and do it again. The more rules there are, the more complicated they get and it makes it harder for the average person to keep track of what's going on and that leads to more opportunities for crooked politicians to hide amongst the rules and take advantage. We can't prevent this, but we can keep an eye out. So take note from Bell when we enter the new 48 years of Rizzo Redux. <laughs> from that story, what you mostly what you can take is like, oh, you need to be more active in yeah, everything. Pay attention. You need to pay attention when like, why does he get a Ferrari? <laughs> and I only get a Maserati. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. It could happen to you. <laughs> well, the stuff in Vernon is kind of similar, but different in a really strange way. So let's get into it. Mm. Hmm. Oh, good. I thought I felt a finger on my back. Dude, it was my tag. Uh, oh, by the way, it's a finger. <laughs> Mort- <Tag you're> it. <laughs> Mortician made the shirt. <laughs> so Vernon has come up a few times in our podcast, so I'll kind of recount the times it does. We briefly mentioned in Los Angeles year one, because in 1847, the Battle of La Mesa occurred there, which was one of the most decisive battles of the Mexican-American War that had the Americans overpowering the Californios. This was the last armed resistance to the American domination of California, and after this, General Flores retrieved the Mexico. Eight days later, the Treaty of Coahuenga was signed, and California would become American turf. Mm. Um, the Battle of La Mesa <laughs> was one of those that made that possible, and it was fought on a spot in Southern California that 58 years later would be established as Vernon. The scrappy Vernon Tigers of the Pacific mm-hmm. Coast League were discussed in Up Root 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 for the home team and Jack Doyle's Saloon. It's which the world's longest bar. The, the world's longest bar and he also had a boxing arena there. It was mentioned in Candy and Dandy Blickers. Click here. Vernon for a while was one of those like seedy areas that had like recreation. For a while. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Take that Vernon. Fell all the way. <laughs> Dong. Dong. But past that like it's one of those areas in LA that not a lot of people talk about and we kind of forget is there. Same with Bell. I feel like Bell gets mentioned a little bit more, but I'll tell you why Vernon doesn't get mentioned. Vernon has three big claims to fame. The Farmer John Slaughterhouse, which I want to say we mentioned in either the hot dog episode or the baseball <laughs> episode. One of those two because of the Dodger dogs get yeah, slaughtered there. Slaughtered there, yeah. All those dogs. Pigs Bum. become dogs there. <laughs> Hogs get fat. <laughs> it's located in Vernon. It has a huge mural of a quaint farm life painted on the side of the building to distract you from what is actually happening <laughs> to animal parts inside of what is known as a Clowardy Packing Company. <laughs> the painter of the mural, Les Grimes, had drawn backgrounds for the TV show. Ironic, since there's more of his last name. <laughs> Grimes had drawn backgrounds for the TV show Hee Haw, so it was natural <laughs> for him to draw this fun farm mural he titled Hog Heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah. While painting the mural, Les Hog Gr- Purgatory. Hog Reckoning. <laughs> Why do they call it that, Mom? Don't look. Don't just don't. <laughs> Go near the mural. Don't smell. Don't smell. While painting the mural, Les Grimes fell to his death off the building, and the mural had to be completed by another painter. Oh my god. Yeah. Did they turn him into a hot dog? <laughs> One of you is eating Grimes and we're going to need like liked half it. of them. He would have wanted it this way. Hold He's up. gone to hog heaven. I'll upload pictures of close-ups of the mural because it's kind of beyond creepy. The Slaughterhouse also gives Vernon and its neighbor city Maywood a real pungent, unmistakable odor. It's not... Maywood's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Maywood, Bell, Vernon are all that little area right there that mm-hmm. lead to like Southgate and Downey. I used to sell merch for like a record company on Slauson yeah. and Soto so we'd have Name to like... drop. <laughs> so we'd have to pass... Works for a record company. Oh boy. Did you know band? Did you get paid in shirt? I did. <laughs> we'd pass through Vernon and uh, we had like hottest day we'd still roll our windows up because it was just... It's not a bad <laughs> smell. It's just like, oh, that's odd. I don't like uh, to smell that. Uh, that's, that's how I first reviewing it in Vernon and it's pretty gross like a dirty butcher shop like a bad (laughs) dally I'll show you pictures it's because like different people painted it and like from a distance you're like oh that's a little girl and you get there and the little girl's face is distorted and weird (laughs) (laughs) Vernon also got attention in 2015 with the second season of True Detective which based its fictional setting of Vinci 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 on Los Angeles my favorite season of True Detective favorite character is Bird Hat Guy (laughs) (laughs) that mask hat 
You know, it's weird that like we watch TV to escape reality, but then I see Vince Vaughn ask everybody for money, and I'm like, that's what I do. Why am I watching this show? Am I Vince Vaughn? Am I a swinger? Is this groovy, baby? Is this money? They based Vinci off of Vernon. Vinci is a corrupt little town where cops are forced to be bad. But why Vernon, you ask? On to our third claim to fame, uh-huh. Vernon and its city council. So to tell, city councils. To tell this story best, we have to go back to the founding of Vernon in 1905, which was 58 years after the Battle of La Mesa. Vernon was established by three men, two brothers who were ranchers, James J. Furlong and Thomas J. Furlong. The J stands for J. <laughs> J stands for Griffith. <laughs> teamed up with a Basque merchant named John P. Leonis to establish their special community where ranchers and merchants live lead, in harmony. They live in harmony. Ranchers and, what am I trying to say? Ranchers and merchants. Interbreed. They would do business there and it would be an industrial area because three major railroads ran through there. Okay. So they can get a lot of work done. This was to be like a city of industry, but not the city of industry. <laughs> Vernon, a city of industry. Not that one. A city of industry construction. <laughs> they coined the term for this town pretty early on, exclusively industrial. <laughs> Family's not welcome. <laughs> Vernon already sort of leaned in that direction naturally. It was mostly like pig farms and Chinese-owned truck gardens. What gardens? Truck gardens, which are farms where vegetables are grown for the market. It's not a junkyard or an automotive patch. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're thinking, I saw I it in your face. I wanted to go Tonka picking. <laughs> Oh, the fire truck's not in season. <laughs> All right, I'll take an ambulance. Uh, uh, seeds in it. <laughs> Vernon has several different railroads passed through it, and it was the terminus for the Butterfield Stagecoach Line, which worked with the Long Beach and San Pedro ports, so a lot of stuff went through Vernon. Hmm. John Leonis, which was one of the men who founded the town, first operated a general store there and later went on to establish a feed barn and a winery at 26th Street and Downey Road. He offered free land to factories willing to locate in Vernon, expecting that the jobs created would mean finances coming into town and that would repay the land costs. By 1905, the year that Vernon was established, there were two factories and two lumber yards, and some of the pig farms were in transition becoming meat pack meat packing warehouses, excuse me. So it was feeling like an exclusively industrial area at the time. That remains so to this day. Vernon is five square miles of mostly industry. And for it's an like, industry town. You, you, in the, you in the industry? You want to get an industry? We, we kill pigs here. <laughs> they kill pigs, don't they? <laughs> we kill pigs here. Hey, welcome to Vernon. We, we, we want to know what we do. So it's mostly industrial, and from my understand, virtually no residential area. Some, but not... Except for Colin Farrell's house. Except for Colin Farrell's house. It smells bad there because Colin Farrell lives <laughs> there. That's where the true smell comes from. <laughs> Vernon, which I failed to mention thus far, is located three miles southeast of downtown. It's squared off by Washington Boulevard and Slauson. Its main drags are Santa Fe, Soda Street, and Bandini Boulevard. There are meatpacking plants, there's food processing plants, there's fashion and design manufacturers, there's plastics and metal fabrication plants, there's furniture manufacturers, there's electronic manufacturers, paper production reducers, business logistic companies, waste recycling, warehousing, and distribution houses. Those are all in Vernon. Paradise. The businesses like Vernon because there are low municipal taxes and lax regulations for all that. And pig guts for anybody. And you want to just come up and dig your hand in a trough and eat raw pig guts? You can do that. In fact, in 2008, the LA Economic Development Corporation chose Vernon for its prestigious Most Business Friendly City Award for cities with populations under 50,000 residents. The year before that, there was a study put out by a company called Cosmot and it ranked Vernon at the top of 13 industrial cities that it evaluated. I think it beat like LA or it was close to the greater city of LA. Vernon is very business- but how does it treat its citizens? Are there any? During the day. Or are the pigs the citizens? During the day, working the 1,800 businesses that operate within Vernon, there is something like 50,000 people toiling away, but they don't live in Vernon. They just work there. When shops close for the night, there's something like 100 residents <laughs> coming from about 23 families. And they're just lost. <laughs> what did, how did I get here? The lights are turning off. What are, oh yeah. <laughs> from the article I read, there are only 26 homes in Vernon, and they are lived in by city employees or relatives of city officials. There are no schools, no parks, no movie theaters. 
No grocery stores in Vernon. Oh my God. Okay, so back to the sad place. So back to the founders. There are the Furlong Brothers and John Leonis. Those are the three guys who found the town. So, in a town where the only residents are city employees and officials, and those are positions based on populations voting on that, and the population, like I said, was virtually only city employees, I guess we'll just keep voting ourselves into position <laughs> because there's basically no such thing as a normal election in Vernon. With that, Thomas Furlong... Just the game of musical chairs. Basically. Thomas Furlong served continuously as city clerk and treasurer of Vernon from 1907 until his death in 1950. <laughs> James served as mayor of Vernon. When he got turned into a hot dog. <laughs> You're looking kind of scrumptious. What's your casing like? Hmm. Did you fall into a mustard pit? <laughs> because suddenly I, hmm, I'm salivating. Your casing's on too tight, friend. <laughs> Did I say that? I'm odd. Just wear this sweater. It's <laughs> wear a, this it's sweater. A bun. It's made out of wheat. <laughs> a fluffy. His brother James served as mayor. Hmm. Hold of, this pickle. <laughs> James served as mayor from 1907 until his death in 1941. He was succeeded as mayor by John P. Leonis, the other founding father of Vernon, who was in turn succeeded by Robert Furlong, 1908 to 1974, the son of Thomas Furlong. Are you sure Furlong. it's not Robert Footlong? You know, spell check kept coming up. Don't you mean? <laughs> Don't you mean me, father? Foot long, how'd you get out? It's me. I'm still growing. <laughs> this is the man in the iron mask, but it's sausages. It's bratwurst. <laughs> the man in the iron case. <laughs> Basically, they just kept... My son will take on my role as the mayor. And this so went on a, from a like... tiny er, monarchy going on in Vernon. For 70 years. <laughs> for 50 to 70 years. And for a long stretch until recently, Vernon was governed by Mayor Leonis P. Melberg, grandson of John P. Leonis, a founding member of the town. Leonis served the city council for 53 years. Keep in mind that in Los Angeles, the normal term limit for a mayor is four years. <laughs> and you can only run twice two consecutive times and running for these positions over and over with no real residents can seem harmless like whatever established hierarchical order that governs over the little rascals just like <laughs> you're in charge no i'm in charge <laughs> who has the biggest cow lick <laughs> since the vernon city officials are basically a clubhouse to be a council member in vernon you just have to be chosen by them you have to be like a bloodline basically mm -hmm. or like oh we kind of like that guy and let him run here's what makes that kind of crazy first it means that they can control basically everything not only who is allowed to live within the city limits but how all of that is run in normal places, if you're a resident of town, you can run for city council. In Vernon, that's a threat. <laughs> so someone couldn't just move into town and get involved in community affairs. Uh. Even if you wanted to live within the factories or warehouses, the city had a lease. I want to live in the pig slaughterhouse. <laughs> Let me live on the kill floor. Yeah. Bring me into Babe's Nightmare. <laughs> the city had to lease an apartment or home to you, and they wouldn't do that. Because Vernon officials own all residential properties in Vernon. The five council members lived in city-owned homes and paid below market rents, which were under $300 a month. What? They could do this because they were both that renters and landlords some city council member invited their family members and friends to move into vernon housing there's a story it's weird because this story either is two separate things or it's one thing and i read it out of time so i'm going to just read it now and then it'll come up later there's a story that three people would try to register to vote in vernon using a warehouse address and a city cut off their utilities and hired armed security to follow them around the clock what? when they were tried to run for office vernon canceled the election it took a court order to force a vote and another to ensure the votes were fairly counted the last time someone won their seat in actual vernon election Ricky Dick Nixon was the president. Forget it, Jake. So, of course, when it's set up like this, voter fraud is an issue. It occurred first in Vernon in 1943 when six Vernon leaders, including John Leonis, were indicted on voter fraud charges. Four were convicted and Leonis and another person were acquitted. The charges were presented by the undisputed fact that six of these members voted regularly in Vernon while living somewhere else, which you couldn't do because who wants to live there? John Leonis lived luxuriously in Hancock Park and the Furlongs lived in the West Adams section of LA, which is a registered historic district. Why? Because it's beautiful. Beautiful there. <laughs> the smelly Vernon. The charges were dropped against Leonis because the judge agreed with the defendant 
notes that Vernon was basically not a residential city and that the technical residence, quotations, he achieved through working there every day was sufficient enough for him to establish voter rights. There was another legal battle in the 70s between the Malkinhorsts, who are another family that kind of worked into all this, and the fire department who were on strike who were charging the Malkinhorsts and other city officials didn't even live in the city, but the charges were dropped because they weren't real criminal charges because it was kind of legal. It was within like Vernon's own thing. Yeah. Secondly, of the uh, things that make this kind of crazy, they are allowed to govern their own expenses. For an entirely industrial city, Vernon happens to come with a massive tax base. I read that in 2010, the city assessed a 4.1 billion property tax base despite it only having 100 residents. I was trying to do the math on that. It's it's a lot. <laughs> in 2011, the LA Times reported that Vernon projected to produce $295 million in revenue with a significant portion coming from city-owned power plant which provides electricity to all the businesses. So that money comes in instead of having to spend it on accommodating citizens like building parks and roads and schools like any other city or subsidy of LA. Vernon officials can draw in huge salaries with that money and spend all the revenue on things like mansions and first class <laughs> trade missions to Asia and Europe which excuse me for saying but seems more like a vacation. Golf <laughs> outings which I'm going to trade my busy life for a good time. Here's a side question a sidebar how expensive is it to golf? Because like every time I read a lot of living luxuriously like yeah and they went on expensive golf trips they how expensive <laughs> they picked up the stick like golf is just t-ball for people who, who can't t-ball you know the, those who can run the slaughterhouse <laughs> those who can't t-ball it's got to be expensive and, uh, but how expensive to hit I a mean, ball around a yard you're renting the space it's country club costs that's what it is yeah. you're renting the space to be around all those wasps that's an honor i'm talking about the bugs yeah no, they sting me and it, it turns me on it's actually you know hard in the, in the place they stung me <laughs> because I'm dying because I'm allergic. <laughs> Glances were beginning mm-hmm. to get direct towards Vernon, which for a long time had rubbed state officials the wrong way. Something smells fishy in Vernon and we ain't talking the inside <laughs> out pig pie or as the turbans call hamburgers. <laughs> Bruce V. Mellencorst was at one time serving as the city manager and the finance director and a city clerk. Oh, and don't be late for your job as also the redevelopment <laughs> director and get it some rest because you have to wake up early and go to your job as also the treasurer <laughs> and also the chief of light and power. Malkin Horse had the highest paid salary of any public official in the Golden State. What year was this? They started looking into this around 2006. After 33 years as city administrator, he passed the job on to his son, Bruce Malkinhorst Jr. Jr.'s Bruce Malkin Pony. <laughs> Jr.'s annual pension payout was over $500,000. Not right. In 2006, when all this was going down, Vernon held its first contested election in 26 mm-hmm. years, and local leaders, council member, hopefuls, and state officials went to war with Vernon. Vernon officials refused to count the ballots, <laughs> saying that it would await the outcome of Malkinhorst Jr.'s litigation against three council opposition candidates and and their housemates over their right to run for office and to vote or even live in Vernon. This only infuriated the outside forces even more. Apparently at some point earlier that year, a part-time bulk paper broker named Donald Huff and a group of eight men and women moved into Vernon, shacked up an old building, and registered to vote. Huff and two of his housemates wanted to run for city council and their electricity was shut off and they were tailed by armed thugs. They were apparently evicted from that old building because the city declared that it was a fire hazard. But here's a weird thing, is finding out that Huff and his housemates were working for the treasurer of Southgate, which is also a city in that area, and the mayor of that town was Albert Robles, who himself was convicted on corruption charges. That's speculation, but it's documented in court papers, so I don't really know what's going on with that. It seemed like one group of corrupt people was trying to infiltrate another group of corrupt people. <laughs> the power broker and former city administrator of Vernon, Eric Fresh, made seven Fresh Fresh made seven point five million dollars in salary and fees between two thousand five to two thousand ten. Many have considered Fresh to be the man pulling the strings for modern day Vernon corruption. He hired his brother to be the quotations renewable energy consultant, which paid him a hundred and sixty dollars per hour. <laughs> uh, we only need you for half an hour today. In two thousand six, Fresh closed a four hundred and thirty. 
million dollar tax exempt bond deal. His department heads were also benefiting from this extra hours billing system that he had going on. In 2009, city attorney Jeffrey Harrison made $800,000, while Light and Power director Donald O. Colligan earned $785,000, and Reardon Burnett, the finance director, earned $570,000. So, of course, these bozos get investigated by the IRS and as wild state officials who want to disarm Vernon by legally abolishing the city and making it part of the bigger LA yeah. county, as opposed to its own city. And because Vernon city officials are cartoonishly fat cats living in the slaughterhouse borough of Los Angeles, <laughs> responded by putting into play a sophisticated and high-priced legal battle. They hired a fleet of some of the highest-paid lobbyists, lawyers, political consultants, and communications experts in the country to side with them. It's reported that a legal team was paid $550 an hour, again, you're working for 15 minutes, <laughs> and the lobbying firm they hired charged $12,000 a month. What has made Vernon so powerful, really, in this regard is their blatant disregard for thousands of workers who come in from other cities to work in Vernon. This city has assessed property tax base of $4.1 billion to support a population of 96 residents. It's like somewhere between 96 to 112. I've read like both of them. I don't know <laughs> when this is. Someone had twins. In Bell, which is their neighbor, they have a tax base of $1.1 billion to support a population of 40,000, many of whom work in Vernon. LA Times did a bang-up job investigating this whole thing as you brought up. So yeah, I, I, talked, I did an even better job. Where's my Pulitzer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> But they were saying this is the kind of thing that happened in South Africa during apartheid. The black population was segregated into impoverished areas and were cut off from the white-controlled commercial wealth. Mm. If Vernon was usurped, that money that goes into the pockets of Vernon city officials would go towards the people who worked and possibly wanted to live in Vernon. <laughs> also, to compare, Vernon has 55 cops that patrol the area. 55 to control an area that has 96 residents. <laughs> so One cop for <laughs> every <laughs> the city officials basically argued that if Vernon was incorporated or disincorporated or whatever, that all the businesses in here would shut down because the way the city is set up was to offer lower regulations and taxes for these businesses. So if that changed, the floor would come out from under them. And all that needed to change really was a sweeping away of the corruption in office. They didn't need to like top bottom, like they could just figure out to make a way to make this work. The Democratic Speaker of the State Assembly, his name is Johnny Perez, is leading the movement to disincorporate Vernon. He calls it a shell city created to enrich municipal officials and businesses at the expense of the struggling lower middle class communities that surround Vernon like Maywood and Bell. Uh, oh. He sought to do this by empowering a bigger plan to introduce a bill that would disincorporate cities that had fewer than 150 residents. The trick up his sleeve? It's only Vernon. <laughs> there are some indictments so we'll go over them. The oldest Malkin horse is awaiting trial for this lavish spending of his city money, something in the regions of $60,000 on golf trips, massages, meals, political contributions. He was eventually convicted of misappropriating public funds and had to pay $100,000 in fines and restitutions for his crime. But it was okay because he had an annual $500,000 state pension that he got after <laughs> retiring five years ago from Vernon because, as according to the LA Times put it, the law states that pensions are revoked if an elected official is convicted of a felony, but not in the case of an employee who would continue to receive his pension according to the law. It's like not the same thing. So you're getting money as an employee from your pension, mm. but you're not getting any money from being an elected official. He was in trouble for one thing, but not... He was okay with the other thing, yeah. which was sly. In 2009... Rizzo read his contracts. In 2009, the former mayor and grandson of the founder, John Leonis, Leonis Malberg, and his wife, Dominica, also faced... Dominica, Dominica, is that a song? Because I don't know it and yeah. I would like to know it. What it is. is it? And who sings this? We'll sing it all at the end. <laughs> That's Black Sabbath. <laughs> Melberg was charged with fraudulent voting and for conspiracy for falsely claiming to live in Vernon. Dominica was also charged with the same thing. I believe they really lived in Hancock Park as well. Leonis was sentenced to five years probation in order to pay $579,000 in fines and restitution, which is nothing. Dominica was sentenced to three years probation and had to pay $36,000. <laughs> it's written about her. 
in fines and penalty assessments. And then there's their son, John. In 2012, John Malberg was sentenced to eight years in prison after pleading guilty to sexually molesting a male student and videotaping another for commercial purposes, which had ties to the Catholic Church. Malberg was the dean of students at the now-closed Daniel Murphy Catholic High School. Hey, had no relation. Yeah, you sure? In, uh... (laughs) You're Catholic? (laughs) No, my life... This color's something else. Zaffron, it's not Murphy. It hasn't been Murphy in years. (laughs) That high school closed in 2007 in an effort to help pay for the share of the $660 million settlement with the families of the abuse victims. The Los Angeles Archbishop, Cardinal Roger Mahoney, was alleged to have helped cover up these allegations that Malberg was up to these no goods. There are also allegations that the Malberg parents were involved in a fraudulent scheme to transfer property assets in order for the son to avoid civil judgment claims. Oh, and John was also charged separately for conspiracy to commit voter registration fraud. Disincorporation was averted, corruption was being handled, and non-relatives began to get seats in Vernon City Council. The city embarked on an effort to change how the city operated, which involved building additional apartments to create an actual population. Michael Yabara was the first council member to get elected in a competitive race in Vernon since, again, Nixon was in office. Yabara was raised in the city, and his family's history predates the incorporation of Vernon. As a resident of Vernon, he said many of the people who lived there had no idea the corruption was even happening. It was just above their heads. It's such a small town that it seems natural, like, oh, let's go to Bell and do that. Oh, let's go here and do it. Like, it's just like, of course, there's no room to do that. But they don't realize that it's because they're controlling this square <laughs> lot. He said while knocking on doors for his own election that he came across homes where there were far more people registered to vote than were actually living there, which is like a sign of voter fraud from mm. previous people. His late father, Thomas Iabara, served on the city council for 43 years. Michael Iabara died in 2014, and his daughter, Melissa Iabara, succeeded him. So it sounds positive, like, but that's also the same thing that was happening before. <laughs> Oddly, Iabara was the second high-ranking official of Vernon to die in a short span of time. Iabara died in 2014, but in 2012, the former top official, Eric Fresh, Fresh, <laughs> fell off wet rocks on Angel Island in the Bay Area and died. Hmm. Suspicious. The coroner said what he were they ex- wet with? Hog guts? <laughs> the coroner said he accidentally drowned. Huh, like in Chinatown. Hmm. 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 Drowned in a bottle of relish. The city of Vernon the website lists the city council members as well as the date that their term expires to let you know that their terms will expire. <laughs> the council is made up of William Bill Davis, Yvette Woodruff Perez, Luz Martinez, Melissa Yabara, who's the daughter of Michael Yabara, and Leticia Lopez. It's happening again. Bill Davis is one of those people and he's now the mayor of Vernon. He's been mayor since 2012. Yvette Woodruff Perez is going to succeed him. Also, I think they're both pro tempore, which means that they are acting in those positions in the absence of a real mayor. Who's in exile. Some people argue that Vernon, from its inception, was not intended to be a clubhouse ruled by nepotism. They say Leonis's vision was more about the leadership being self-perpetuating and the organizing governing system pays itself corporate style salaries. The few residents are essentially employees rather than citizens, and that a number of city officials live in actual residential parts of the town rather than among slaughterhouses and factories. <laughs> it sounds a little socialist to me, which is weird that they didn't get broken up during the Red Scare, but Vernon was so small it might have just got lost in the thing the article already claims that all the corruption was really like a 21st century thing like it got really bad then mm. but I feel like that's not true <laughs> what's scary now is that the opportunity is set for a stronger force to move into the seats of Vernon's government to try to get away with swindling that they were doing before and again the residents and workers are the ones who are going to suffer because of that hmm. so all you're saying we're looking for a new dictator you're saying that I could marry into all of this <laughs> so that's corruption in Bell I'm sorry on Vernon oh. oh I did research twice oh, surprise we did each other 
ghost stories. <laughs> it's a dirty city. Yeah, you can get away with anything really in some of these smaller parts of town where I don't want to say citizens aren't paying attention, but there's what you're getting away I with will. is so minuscule. It feels like it seems like a lot of weird coincidences. Like, huh, we're getting a lot of tickets yeah. and they're double what they should be, mm-hmm. and we're all having to pay extra weird taxes, and we never see the mayor. That's weird. Yeah, why does the mayor live in his ice layer, surrounded by all those exotic pets? It's weird that I pay so much city tax fees for electricity, but I never see the lights on anywhere. <laughs> it's odd, isn't it? I trying to remember what the actual story. Well, did I ever know what the actual story in season two of True Detective was and how it related to the Vernon thing? Sex parties. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh did we not mention that? Weren't the um, city officials in that? I don't remember. I didn't know what was happening. I really in that don't. Show. I just remember wanting so much more of Bird Hat. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I want time is a flat circle. <laughs> Calling our partners from the Bayou <laughs> with Cajun Garfield. <laughs> He's back. Oh. Time is a flat <laughs> Time is a flat lasagna noodle. <laughs> it's disappointing that these two horrible things happen, but who knows what else is happening? That yeah. We just. I mean, because this is pretty recent. Like. Yeah. Yeah, this like is within the past five, six years. Yeah. So who knows what can be going on. And what has been going on for a long time. What's going to be going on. What's still going on and no one has noticed yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. scary. Because I don't speak English well enough. <laughs> the things you're capable of doing with money are not limited to golf trips and massages. And no, nice you're trips. telling me. Mm-hmm. Go, 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 also, go, go. trips to the cigar factory. <laughs> I own Cuba, by the way. <laughs> I bought uh, Cuba. Cuba is part of Los Angeles. <laughs> no. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to concentrate more on these parts of town that don't get a lot of attention like bad. And Vernon and yeah, Maywood and it's Southgate kind of disappointing that like the first time we finally delve into these sort of southeast parts of LA, yeah. it's like, well, they're the most corrupt nah. things in the world, <laughs> and they're all smell like <laughs> dead pigs. Now back to talking about. <laughs> they are the, the parts of town that, that get ignored so much. That, well, that's, that, that's exactly, exactly that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. That, that's how this stuff is able to yes. happen because people in Hollywood are not giving a care about yeah, uh, those fat cats who run LA via Hollywood. <laughs> it's also weird to think like Rizzo's Rizzo's coming out of prison. Like these people, yeah. you could, some of these people you may have seen on the street. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I might have seen them at the Surf Museum or whatever. <laughs> I'm there every weekend. It's <laughs> any penguin-looking parking attendant. You know, let this be a lesson to you, Los Angeles. We don't have to want to have to cover this sort of episode again. Yeah. Okay. Don't do this again. We don't have to want to have to look up all these commas and periods yeah. and salaries <laughs> and all these different percentages. Think listeners want to listen to that. Trying to figure out how city council normally works. Come on, <laughs> get out of here. We've seen how it works. They sit around. They talk about what they're going to do for their holiday party, and then Bob Hope's daughter <laughs> gets up and complains. And then we all walk to the murder apartments. <laughs> That's a reference to the end of last month's episode. So uh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I think Amelia Earhart learned how to fly in Southgate. Some big, one of the, the titans of aircrafts <laughs> learned how to fly in Southgate. I'm remembering that now. Hindenburg? It might have been. Charles? Charles Hindenburg, <laughs> creator of Blimpies. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> to be confirmed. Here's one thing you can confirm. Your subscription to LA Meekly on iTunes. Go on there, leave us a review on iTunes. If you have an iPhone, just open the podcast app, look for LA Meekly, you're signed in. Leave us a at least a star rating. It makes it easier for people to find us yes. and uh, keeps us going through the nourishment of your digital affection. Digital affection was the name of my Disney. 
disco band? How did you know? <laughs> That's a Daft Punk song. <laughs> yeah, you could find us on Twitter at LA Meekly, on Facebook, just search LA Meekly. You could find us on Instagram, LA underscore Meekly. Put pictures every day. Every day that go to our Tumblr. Our Tumblr is our main base, which has our podcast archive. It's lameekly.tumblr.com. Send us an email, la.meekly at gmail.com. We finally have a theme song Woo! for our field trip episode. So the first one should be coming out, I want to say, sometime in January. Yes. So looking you, forward to that. If you listen to that and say, hey, I'd like to be the victim of their lampooning and their <laughs> lambasting. And also, I'd like to see what Greg's eyes look like. They're green sometimes if I've <laughs> wearing a green <laughs> If shirt. I've eaten things I'm allergic to. <laughs> before I go to the hospital, you could look at them <laughs> if they're not swollen <laughs> shut. Catch them before they collapse closed. <laughs> yeah, so if you work or have a connection to some interesting part of LA culture history and you want yeah. us to come down and talk to you about it, let us know. Send us an email or whatever. Whatever you, know. you do. Say Pony Express us, whatever dumb Call thing up. you citizens do. Call us on a telephone. Yeah, we'll be in our luxury mansions in Hancock Park getting fat off of fat cats. Laying on Nat King Cole's grave in Hancock Park. <laughs> also. Oh yeah, so here's our big announcement. Big announcement time. That we never promised we were making, but here yeah, it is. Here it is. On February 22nd, there's going to be a live LA Meekly. No way, really? It scares me it's just to say terrifying. It's weird. And here's the biggest thing. It's going to be on the Comedy Central stage at the Hudson, which is at 6539 Santa Monica Boulevard. Reservations are required, but it's free admission at free 8 p.m. February 22nd, 2017. Go to ComedyCentralStage.com to get uh, tickets for that. We will be putting links up pretty soon yeah. for promoting that because we want to we, fill that place up. As many, we would love it to have people there. Yeah. It would be great if yeah. all of you came. Also, if any of, if there's any, oh, yeah, here's the thing. If there's any, if, if any of you have a band that has like brass in it and would be interested in performing on this thing, let us know. Let us know. Or yeah. if you know anybody like that or have any LA related talents. <laughs> if you could swallow a sword uh-huh. that's, that's kind of shaped like the Capitol records building <laughs> yeah so that's weird uh that's happening yeah that's happening February, get I'll, ready i'll see you comedy guys there. central comedy central comedy central comedy central weird wild oh, <laughs> keep an eye out for that we'll keep you updated any last words <laughs> why what's next coming next uh don't worry about it <laughs> you like hot dogs right like so much that you've always wanted to be one like you apply to be a job uh, what did I say? Are Apply guys- to be a hot dog for a job? <laughs> I see why you're putting me down now. <laughs> I kind of get I, I see where it's mm. coming. You make him a kielbasa. Thanks for listening in on the new year. Yeah. Uh, happy new year to everybody. I hope you kissed whatever closest thing was around you. Yeah. Maybe it was a wall. Maybe it was one of those hot dogs we were yeah. talking about. Maybe it was a, a handsome man, a beautiful woman. And maybe it was the same time. Maybe they were kissing each other and you, you came just- in and said, one for one more. <laughs> <laughs> you said, how do third wheels work? You all like tricycles? You woke them both up and then you're like how did I get here <laughs> how did I get here kissing these strangers <laughs> have a nice January I can't think of anything else other than what happened last night which is New Year's Eve that's going to be happening oh, in yeah, January yeah. so that's enjoy right. that oh yeah Mar- that's that's one thing that's happening in January yeah. I hope you all have a nice inauguration day yeah. steal a nice TV for me <laughs> let's uh, all over celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday this year <laughs> thanks for listening see ya on the internet see you on the <laughs> flip side babies <laughs> With the internet. <laughs> the flip side of reality, which is the internet. The internet. We'll see you there. Goodbye. <laughs> and yeah, we'll see you at the 1st of February. Mm. That has been yet another episode of LA Meekly. Fudge. <laughs> fudge. What's a, what's a, fu- oh, fudge. fudge. Oh, fudge. <laughs> that has been yet another episode of LA Meekly. Fudging the books. Hmm.
Delicious. Mm, Since 2013. Oh. You talked for a solid... (laughs) 